Welcome back to the Andrea K. Show. Glad to have you here with me. Had some fun so far. We had Andrew Campanella, president of National School Choice Week, on to talk about school choice. We talked a little bit about Benghazi earlier on the show. We had Miss Della coming up. We're going to be talking to um, we're going to be talking to Stan uh, Prouse, the legal man who's just arrived in the studio. Always good to see him here. Yeah, and you know, Stan, I don't know if you heard, but we're going to be bringing the webcam back because I always get a lot of favorable comments about the segments with Stan. In addition to the fact that over the webcam, he's quite the dapper guy. Oh goodness, very gracious. very dapper. So I'm looking forward to chatting with you today. Hey, um. A couple things before we get into Stan's legal segment. I mentioned at the top of the hour a story that I think is should be considered scandalous. I want to hear about this, Andrew. Yeah, far good, Stan. But it's far more scandalous, in my opinion, than whether or not some aide for Chris Christie, you know, blocked the traffic in New Jersey, which I think is hideous, by the way, because I don't care whether you're the president of the United States and you're trying to put the punishment on the Republicans for a government shutdown, and so you're punishing people by closing parks and recs, or whether or not you're the governor of a state who's you know, possibly been involved himself with shutting down a bridge. I don't like any kind of revenge politics, but that pales in comparison to me with what I read about here, Stan. And and, and I know you care about the military. This is going to disturb you, too. I, there's an article here in freedomoutpost.com about the fact that more than $300 million of taxpayers' money is going over uh, to the West Bank in part to pay mortgages over there and set people up in business. Now this is coming at a time where Nancy Pelosi said that military retirees have to embrace the suck when their retirement plans were cut in the budget deal. She went on to say that they've made, she claimed that they made so many cuts that, that the cupboard is bare, she said. That, that there was not another dime anywhere that they, we're just absolutely broke. And now we find out that they're funneled, the plan is, is to send $300 million over to the West Bank. Now, the West Bank area is complicated. It's not all Muslims. It's not all Palestinians. But there's three areas, and we're not going to get into the weeds. You can read about this on freedomoutpost.com. But 75% of the people over there in this area where this money is going are Muslim. And it's also, first of all, there's no state Palestine. So where's this money going to go? We all know what's going on over there. We all know the groups that are involved are there from Hamas, Hezbollah, and on and on and on. But even if... Let's get into fairy tale land, Stan, and pretend that we're going to be able to monitor this money, that it's actually going to, not going to go into terrorist organizations. Why in the world are we cutting military benefits for retirees here to send $300 million over there to the West Bank to put in anybody's pocket? Gee, that wouldn't happen to be a rhetorical question, would it? Yeah, Andrew? yeah, exactly, because there's absolutely no good answer for this. And, you know, I do a lot of reports in support of the military. This is absolutely outrageous to me because the people this is just and it's not even just the military how about just the american taxpayers that are being hurt with this you know we've got 46 million people unemployed we you know we've got you know millions of of kids who are registered in schools who are homeless we've got a homeless problem here and we're paying mortgages in the west bank this, well, this should be you know, this should be on every media outlet if they were doing their job am i wrong stan you're not wrong. You're absolutely correct. This is just part of the Democrats' illusion that if they make nice, somehow they'll get peace between the Palestinians and the Israelis. I wish they'd all go to school and learn how to speak the same language and read the same words as they're spoken by the Palestinians about us and about the Israelis. Right. 
I actually think it, you know, it's it's more it's disturbing to me given the fact that I don't even know if it's about that fantasy that the left has, like people like Carter have in terms of you know unifying over there. But you know, I don't know how American money is supposed to to you know have anything to do with that, or is it more about continuing to prop up uh, the Islamists in that area? I, I you know, there's. But we're not going to get any explanations, and, and because we we don't have an administration that's being held accountable by a free press in doing its job, and asking why we have a president who said that you know Al Qaeda was on the run, and now we've got them taking over the Middle East, we've got Al Qaeda flags uh, over you know Fallujah and other places in Iraq. So it's as though we've just completely, we, we have just gone so far in reverse, and the American people are in support of our military. You know, as, I don't know if you've seen the movie reports about this movie, Lone Survivor. Yes. It has taken over Hollywood and taken over the entertainment industry by storm. But $300 million to pay for mortgages in, in uh, the West Bank is absolutely a scandal, far above Hillary's hit list, far above Christie, and anything that's going on in New Jersey, in my opinion. I yeah. guess uh, Nancy's mother didn't tell her that you can't buy your friends. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of friends, people who meet and become friends, they fall in love, and sometimes love goes wrong. We here, of course, are talking to our good friend of the program, Stan the Legal Man Prowse. Y'all know my personal story for getting Stan involved in the show. Divorce had never been a topic I had any connection to uh, personally until it happened recently with a family friend uh, with a family member of mine I had one friend a real close friend of mine throughout the years had been divorced other than that I had no experience with it and I didn't realize how important it was to have a really good representative on your behalf not just to get the best out of the situation financially but also to help make sure that you've got the right mindset in terms of your expectations about the outcome we've been talking in recent weeks about child custody and all the different issues surrounding child custody and Stan's going to tell us today about what to do when someone violates that legal custody order correct okay here's here's the deal the scenario I'm going to do this with the wife having uh, physical custody and the ex-wife and the ex-husband having joint legal custody. Now, frequently what happens is things like this. Suddenly the children are enrolled in school in the name that the wife has reverted to after the divorce. Uh, suddenly the children are going to a different uh, church religious establishment. Mm -hmm. uh, suddenly they are going to the orthodontist, and the husband is getting to pay half the orthodontist bills. Could be the other way around. But okay. It, it, it's usually that way because usually the percentage of uh, mothers who get physical custody is a lot higher. But most often people get joint legal. Let me tell you the definition of joint legal custody again. Okay. The parents share the right and responsibility to make decisions regarding the health, education, and welfare of the child. They share the right and responsibility. Now, that may be the definition. Okay. But it's also the duty of each parent to comply with that and to share the decision-making. Now, when suddenly I find that my kids have been enrolled in public school for the last eight months under some name other than the name on their birth certificate, is that sharing? I don't think so. 
uh, homeschooling. Suddenly I find my kids aren't even going to public school anymore. They're being homeschooled. They've been homeschooled for nine months. Mom's told them not to tell me. Oh, yeah. Is that sharing? No, that's not sharing. Well, if you're the parent who's on the short end of the stick on that, what in the world are you going to do about it? You have basically two options. One option is to ask the court to find the parent who is not complying in contempt, which can result in a fine and in extreme cases, a night in jail, which tends generally to make a big impression on people. The other option is to ask the court to change the custody so that instead of joint legal custody, you get sole legal custody. Now, on... And sole physical, which would make sense. Now, if you're going to go that route, does it have to be something extreme or can it be a situation what what some people might consider to be small, which is they've gone from public school to homeschooling? Are you know does it? What are some examples? I, I mean, it, does it have to be I guess an extreme example, or can it be anything? No, it can be. It can be things that are are probably of lesser magnitude. Uh, frequently, uh, the. The mom, again, I'm just using mom. Mm-hmm. Forgive me. I don't want to offend anybody. I'm just using that because it's usually the way it is. Frequently, mom is uh, scheduling activities for the kids that interfere with dad's supposed time with the children under the terms of the outstanding order. Uh, could be, uh, just say one parent, just to get a little equal here. One parent uh, cancels a visitation opportunity for the other parent. Other parents supposed to pick up the kid at uh, 10 o'clock. Uh, Friday night uh, message is on the uh, answering machine saying, oh, sorry, uh, I'm going to uh, go up and shop in Los Angeles tomorrow. I'm taking uh, Ronnie with me. Well, I would imagine that visitation issues, somebody denying visitation is extremely serious. I guess, So I guess that kind of answers my question because I would imagine that you wouldn't necessarily be able to march into court and just automatically get custody change shift on the basis of, gee, I didn't like the kind of clothes that my spouse is now deciding to, you know, or now they've gone from, you know, a Protestant church to, you know, going to Mass. Yeah, it's... It, it would have to because be it something... Because should, it should be difficult to get a custody change, yeah. shouldn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the things I'm talking about can be done nicely by the parent who's offending the sharing principle, you know. And it may not happen all the time. And then the other parent who's getting the short end of the stick says, my God, do I have to go back to the courthouse, spend $2,500, $3,500 on a lawyer... Right. To argue about this. And what is the judge going to do about it? Judges hate to find people in contempt. It, it's a tough burden of proof to find people in contempt. Uh, maybe you do that and you don't get anything that's going to solve the problem. Okay. You, don't, you don't get the two by four to hit the mule over the head with. Okay. Uh, so then what happens? Well, what happens to an awful lot of people that I talk to is it just goes on. And they make a decision that they're going to put up with it because it's too expensive and too traumatic to argue about it. And that's a real shame. 
It is, but you know that's all. And also, it's an awful lot like like marriage itself, though, isn't it? Because you, sometimes you got to compromise, and sometimes you got to put up with things, and sometimes people change, and their philosophies change, and so that affects their parenting. Yeah, well, right. But in the in the cases that I'm talking about that are serious, obviously serious, like a change to homeschooling, change yeah. of the name. Um, <clears throat> Are those this this stuff is important to the other parent? Right, really, potentially very, very important to the other parent. But I can see how it could be sticky because it might not. That's the kind of thing that might not be important to another parent. So I guess I'm wondering if that if if there are guidelines that maybe courts have that say these areas here you're allowed to make decisions in arbitrarily. This is getting into a gray area, and you do this, and you're subject to lose your custody. Or well, you're absolutely right about that. And let me just repeat the definition is decisions regarding health, education, and welfare of the child. Now, I mean, that covers an awful lot of ground. Yeah. Uh, Some of that's vague. You know, are you, do you have to share the decision to, um, to what, take the kid to Disneyland? I don't think so. Right. Uh, so it, it can be a tremendous argument between the parents, and it can consume court time, and it can consume money, and often it just creates more bitterness between the two parents. And that's why somebody needs to have, people need to have somebody like you who can help them be realistic as to what they can expect to gain if they decide to go into court, or when they should do it, right? Or when they should go in and demand a change. Yeah, I think, I think in, in, on my part as well, it demands a, a more proactive approach to the client at the end of the case when you've got a judgment that delineates custody. Okay, yeah. Teach them what to do with it. Right. Yeah. So be proactive. Get in the child custody arrangement, be specific then is what you're saying in terms well, of... You, you see a lot of uh, marital settlement agreements that just repeat the definition of joint legal custody and, and joint physical custody. That's not enough. I've been thinking about that, and I think the next time I do one, it, it's going to have some more language in it. Some more that, specifics. Yeah, that, that uh, husband agrees or that dad agrees that he shall yeah. share. Mom agrees that she shall share. Gain and, agreement from everybody on the specifics, and yeah. everybody's got proper expectations, yeah. and it prevents a lot of problems down yeah. the road. It can maybe make things a little bit, take a little bit longer up front in terms of finalizing mm -hmm. the negotiations, but it can prevent a lot of heartache down the road. And it seems like we've got about a minute left. It seems like that's whether it's child custody issues and divorce or other issues, it seems like that's always a mindset from you, which is a good positive outcome. It's sometimes involving compromise and having reasonable expectations, right? Yeah, and, and uh, I have to confess, I haven't thought very hard about this before. But well, I'm thinking about it hard now. Yeah, and if you're thinking that you might want to go the route of divorce and you're not sure what to do, go to Stan's website. Uh, the archives are there with all of his uh, past segments on the show involving a lot of different things for divorce. That He's got his suggestions there for things that you're going to want to do if you're going to want to pull the trigger on divorce. StanProus.com. He is an expert. He's who I would go to if, if I had family member here in, in California that was needing any kind of divorce help. 